Hey guys, thanks for joining us on another episode of the Spartan Spotlight Podcast. I'm here with my co-host, Corey Robinson. I'm Justin Thin. And today we have a special guest, Cleveland, Ohio safety, Michael Gravely Jr. Michael, thanks so much for being with us today. Thanks for having me. Go green. Yes, sir. Go white. So I guess right away, might as well get some of the uh, main questions out of the way about your recruitment. Can you just run us through real quick why Michigan State, what were kind of the main reasons that you that you chose the Spartans? Well, one of the main reasons I chose Michigan State from day one, from the start, they just gave me that different bond, that different feeling, like the brotherhood was just there. Um, I love the staff, Coach Mike Trussell, Coach Mill, Coach Ron Burton. They just all been there for me since day one. Um, they showed me the love. They gave me the support. Um, before all my games, they made sure I was good. Um, they was into just more than just football. They asked me about school or what I wanted to do after school. It just basically just drove me in, me and my family. So that was a good choice for me to choose MSU. And I'm very happy to be a sport. Definitely. And then just following up on that real quick, because uh, I know when Coach Tucker took over, one of the first things that I saw some people point out in the media is that he's from Ohio and that he had a connection with Ted Ginn Sr., who was your coach at Glenville. And yes, I know Coach Ginn, he has sent a few people to play for Coach Mel. I think there were one or two guys at Colorado. But so uh-huh. did that did that play any sort of a role at all, too? Did uh, Coach Ginn kind of put you on to like what kind of dude Coach Tucker is, anything like that? I mean, it played it played a role definitely, but 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 like at the same time, Coach Ginn always tell me go wherever my heart feels tells me to go. Like he never like would drive me to something I yeah. don't want to do or don't want to go. So I just looked into Coach Tuck. I built a great bond with him. He's a special coach. Coach Tuck remind me of Coach Ginn. I just love Coach Tuck. Like I could talk to him about life. I could talk to him about. Anything like I can go to him about any situation I'm having. Coach Tuck is a great guy, and I can't wait to get there and start getting to work in with him. So, uh, now moving from uh, Coach Ginn, you had to transfer this year to Euclid because they didn't have football where you were. So, how, how was that transition to you? And the fact that you play corner at Euclid, do you think that's something that will really help you at the next level to enhance your cover skills even more? As a in that four two five that Michigan State's gonna probably be running. Oh yeah, it was a big difference. Like me going to Euclid playing corner because I play safety. I like to come down and hit. I played the box a lot, but me playing corner, I'm personally very happy. I played corner because it helped me a lot. Um, it developed my game, my mindset, um, the way I look at things differently on the field. I can like, I can scan the field differently. Um, yeah. It definitely helped me with my cover skills, and I, I'm base, I'm definitely blessed for that, for having that, to be able to play my last year at corner. So taking that into account, and uh, I guess everywhere you've played in your high school career, all the positions, all the schools, taking that all into account, what would you kind of say your NFL player comparison is in in terms of like play style? Like who, if a fan hasn't watched your tape, what kind of comparison would give him a good idea of what you're capable of and how you play? To me, I would either say Sean Taylor or um, Jamal Adams. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Those those guys just caught my eye since I've been watching them since day one. Like Sean Taylor, I always, like my dad, he the one who got me hip to Sean Taylor. Like, he will always tell me, like, he just got a dog mentality. Like, 
he don't it, it don't matter who who it is who in front of him he's just gonna go in tight and like from day one I just had that mentality like I just have a I just gotta go out there kill it don't matter what goes on just have fun and do my job yeah, yeah and uh for me being an older guy I remember Sean Taylor well to me he's the best safety to ever yeah. play just with his approach and uh just everything he brought to the table so and then yeah. uh for you you know being able to come down in the box next year at the safety once you get to state I imagine you're gonna be pretty happy that you can kind of start unloading on guys again and bringing yes, uh, the wood <laughs> yes sir <laughs> Yeah, watching that Michigan game, one of the things that really stood out was how everybody on the defense was hitting. Like sometimes you'll see guys that they, some guys hit out of the defensive backfield, other guys are mostly just there to cover, but that's not really acceptable uh, under Coach Tucker. So that was really great to see. So speaking of watching that Michigan game, do you want to kind of run run us through like what you were feeling while you were watching that game, the reaction during the game, right when it ended, watching uh, social media stuff? Like what was that whole day like (laughs) for you? Um, that whole day, it was, like, phenomenal. Um, Michigan State, <laughs> them, them sparring dogs came out. <laughs> they released. <laughs> Coach Mel, I, I think, I don't know what he said. I don't know what he did. But the physicality that was there since the beginning of the game. Um, honestly, I knew that Michigan State was going to come out there and give them problems. But the win just made it even more better. Um, whole Michigan State, Spartan Dogs, everyone just went crazy. Um, Twitter was going crazy during the game. They was asking about um Elijah Collins. Um, the um that was the backup running back, I believe. Yeah, yeah, Elijah Collins. They were saying like why he's not in the game. Yeah, what's going on? Um, I was just telling everyone just stay patient. Um, the freshman running back doing good. Yeah. And it trickled down. We got the dub, so it's pretty. That's pretty good. Following up on that point about uh, how the freshman running back was the one playing instead of the dude that actually almost had a thousand yards last year. What is yeah. that uh, whole kind of element of Coach Tucker willing to play true freshman if they deserve it, if they earn it in practice? What does that mean to a recruit seeing a coach that might have promised you um, the chance to play early if you earn it? What does it mean to see that actually happen on the field, knowing it's not just false promises? That just shows Coach Chuck is a man of his word because it's not a lot of coaches like Coach Mel Tucker that that's willing to play a true freshman on the field and give him that opportunity that anything can happen at any point in time during the game. So I personally feel like Coach Tuck is a very bold and strong genetic guy like how he run things in Michigan State is going to be great for many years to come because there's not a lot of coaches that's willing to play true freshmen like that and get them opportunities to go in the game and do what they need to do. So as far as uh, what's your plan for this year, are you a guy that's going to try and come in in January early or are you a, a normal enrollee in the summertime? No, I'm definitely a guy that's trying to come in and roll in January early because – I feel like I can come in and make a big impact on the defensive side so we can get the culture back how it's supposed to be. Yeah, definitely. And then uh, is there any guys that you're personally kind of recruiting right now to try to get them to join you at Michigan State, even if it's in another class? Or or do you got – you're kind of just lay back and let them do their thing? 
Yeah, I'm, I'm, right now I'm laid back. I'm just, <laughs> I really can't say too much, but I know this recruiting class probably going to be the best. <laughs> 2021 <laughs> is going to be the best recruiting class. I know you have a, a really good football IQ. You understand it. You, you're like a student of the game and you watch a lot of other top players in the Ohio area. Sure. So there's a AJ Kirk who committed to Michigan state. He kind of went under the radar just because he disappeared off of all social media and moved schools and everything. So can you kind of let Michigan state fans know what they're getting and AJ Kirk and the amount of hitting that the two of you are going to put yeah. on some guys when he's Lansing? Well, about AJ Kirk, <laughs> that guy, <laughs> AJ Kirk is a straight dog. Um, from day one, when I met him, he was just always triggered on football. Like his mom says, like my last year, I just got to kill because he was very underrated. Like what happened to AJ shouldn't happen to no recruit. And it's very crazy how like AJ, the ability he got, and the physicality he got, it's just crazy to go out there and watch AJ because he's a very smart player. He moves fast on the field. He comes down and hits you, hit anybody. It don't matter if it's a tight end, um, a, a, two, a 240 running back. It doesn't matter. AJ will come up and hit you. And that guy, I just love AJ. He's a good guy off the field. Um, you can talk to him. Um, he'll, he'll help you with anything, your work. AJ just a great guy to be around. Yeah, so – Moving uh, further away from recruiting and I guess even football, the fans probably kind of want to get to know you off the field. So what's something you do for fun when you're not playing football, if you're not doing homework and stuff like that? Something I like to do for fun, I would either play, <laughs> I would play Madden. I would start up Madly and like make up like a made up, like it's a group of us, like a group of MSU commits. We make like a Madly. And we act like one team is MSU, <laughs> and we just do like fun, creative stuff. Uh, I like I like track. Um, I do the four by one, and I do long jump. Um, I'm a very creative drawer. I like to draw. <laughs> that's that might not look like my style, but I like to draw, and that's pretty much it. And music, yeah, I love music. <laughs> Speaking of the music, uh, who's your top five artist? My top five artists right now, I would have to say Sterl Gotti, Mick Mill, Future, Drake, and Rilo Rodriguez. All right. Okay. I've I've yet to hear anyone give Rilo Rodriguez a spot, so that's an interesting inclusion for sure. Um, yeah. He killed his verse on that baby song. Oh my Definitely. <laughs> but I, I got to single out and give you praise for that Meek and Drake inclusion. Um, yeah. Since sixth grade, both of those dudes have been in my top five. Yeah, they just phenomenal. It's just unbelievable what they yeah. say. And the yeah, they changed the game of rap for sure. Definitely. Meek's been going hard since uh, the the Cornrows days with uh, the Flamers tapes, and people don't know about that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a lot of people better know about that. Yeah, or they missing out. <laughs> yeah, and that Drake's just the goat. There's no other way to put it. Yeah, yeah, definitely a good uh, top five list right there. So I guess what is uh, what are you looking for from Michigan State for the rest of the year? What are you going to be looking for this season uh, until you get on campus? What are you watching for? Right now, what I'm watching for, I'm thinking Michigan State is going to just kill the Big Ten because that win on Michigan that was a big win. That was a, um, a lot of people say that was a big time upset, but I don't think it was an upset because I knew. Well, Michigan State have. They have a lot of great players. Um, so 
from from me, what I'm looking for from Michigan State, I think they're going to – well, this is what I'm really looking for. I'm thinking they're going to beat O-State this year. A big upset with O-State. That's what I truly believe. Like, that's the – that's the belief I have in Michigan State. I think they just can watch, sweep through the Big Ten, beat O State, and win the Big Ten, Big Ten championship. Okay. All right. Well, we have you on audio. So if that happens, everybody knows who called it first. Everybody knows who to credit. Yeah. <laughs> That's, what That's what I, I said. When I saw the schedule, too, I'm like, all right, you got Penn State and uh, Ohio State real late in the season and the weather yes, there could uh could be less than ideal and i think uh that that actually does play a factor into michigan state even though you know they're in the first year and kind of getting stuff right sure. you get some weather in there and the guys aren't able to be as comfortable as normal so you start hitting them and they're gonna start missing the passes and all that and then next thing you know you got a ball game and the most physical team wins Definitely, because you you hear Coach Tucker talking about um, the be- we got to be the best conditioned team. We got to be the yes. team that's most fundamentally sound, and yes, and that's kind of why all they beat Michigan because all those things came together. They were more physical than them. They yes, they were they played faster than them, and that led to Michigan kind of wearing down a little bit. And Michigan yes, State sir. didn't because they're well conditioned. But all right, well, thanks a lot for joining us, Mike. Thanks for having me. Yes, sir. And uh, for those uh, that haven't watched his tape, definitely go check that out. Uh, Sean Taylor is definitely the kind of comparison I'd say. Definitely a Sean Taylor or Brian Dawkins type. You're going to be seeing uh, helmets flying around the field uh, when he's done hitting people in the next three, four years here. And uh, thanks again, Mike. And go green. Go white. So hopefully you guys enjoyed our interview with Ohio safety, Michael Gravely Jr., Just touching on some recruiting topics, actually right while we were recording this interview on Tuesday night with Gravely, uh, that's when there were some developments in the defensive backfield of this 2021 recruiting class. Uh, Right at about 7.10, MSU re-offered Armorian Smith, who's a safety for River Rouge High School. And about three minutes after that, Javon Grigsby decommitted from the class. So that was obviously the response for Grigsby telling the staff that he was going to reopen his recruitment. So, Corey, do you kind of want to touch on the the chain of events right there and kind of what's happening with uh, what happened with Grigsby's recruitment and then what you kind of see and Armorian Smith, if he's chosen uh, as his replacement in the class? Yeah, definitely. So for we'll start with Grigsby first, get the bad news out of the way. Uh, he was the guy that a couple of months ago, I think on the underground bunker, a month and a half, I don't know, COVID time messes with you. Someone asked about decommits and I said, well, if anybody is the most likely, not saying that I know anything about it, but I chose Grigsby as the guy just because I thought the whole experience with him, he, he showed a little bit of a immaturity i guess uh he was originally gonna commit june 24th and then right before then he pushed it back which is fine you know if you're not ready and then he's leaning to vanderbilt right before his announcement that he had already announced and then michigan state came after him hard and got him to swing and flip to them a few days before his announcement so like to me that's like oh it showed the power that the recruiting staff had to 
close on someone if they had to, but it also showed that he was a little bit uh, vulnerable to being swayed. So uh, I guess you lose him, which I, anybody that knows me knows that I liked him a lot, but if we're recruiting, it happens, you move on. Uh, so if they are to get a Morian Smith out of River Rouge, that's a, a long safety that has ability to cover well and he uh, comes up and supports the run really well uh he's a kid that I thought would have gotten an offer from Michigan State earlier in the process but now uh they may still end up with him currently he's committed to Cincinnati so we'll have to get some information as it just happened so but he would be a good replacement and I'd agree that he could uh fill a similar role just as well or better than Grigsby potentially yeah I think uh, every uh, DB is kind of seeing how there's lots of playing opportunities for them since it's a 4-2-5 and the fact that Mel requires the DBs to be able to hit and cover so a lot of these kind of hybrid types can succeed in a defense like this because that toughness and physicality that they bring allows them to get a spot on the field and if Armorian Smith also possesses those traits, like uh, pretty much everybody that Mel has gone for at the safety position, then I'm sure he's been impressed by what he saw in the last game against Michigan where everybody was tackling all 11 guys. There was no such thing as a DB just there to cover, and that I'm sure would appeal to any physical safety like Gravely, who we just talked to. Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, it's a, with the Mel Tucker thing, you're going to have lots of lots of good talent coming in. Uh, there's going to be some guys that uh, leave or decommit, which that's just part of big-time recruiting. It happens everywhere, Ohio State, Alabama, Clemson. Nobody's exempt for it if you're recruiting guys that other people want. So, I mean, it's, a, it's unfortunate when you put some time and effort into a guy, but the staff clearly – moved on instantly as uh, the Smith offer came out almost the exact same time as the Grigsby decommitment. So, you know, they're not going to cry about Grigsby. They move on and go get another guy that, and that guy becomes the guy that's lucky enough to play for them. So that's what you'll see uh, with whoever they replace him, whether it's uh, Smith or somebody else. Yeah. So I guess moving into some of the more uh, positive news here in the last few last few weeks so we at the underground bunker Corey and i have been saying for a few weeks how michigan state is coming back in the recruitment for rayshon benny and it's safe to say that michigan state is certainly a threat on the recruiting trail and what we've kind of seen here after that michigan win is some of that materialize when it comes to actual i guess predictions and crystal balls and future cast and speaking of that we have both put in future cast predictions for rayshon benny to end up at michigan state Corey, you want to talk about that recruitment a little bit and how it was always something that looked like michigan state had a shot at because of the way mel and the staff were fighting and kind of how it finally came together as we've been kind of anticipating the entire time yeah so i, I was probably uh, one of the early guys where I'm like, just hang on with uh, Ray Sean Benny. I'm like, yeah, they don't lead now, but give the staff time. He's a kid that's going to be open to what the staff or any staff for that matter has to say. And he's a, 
very, uh, very good, uh, intelligent kid who understands the recruiting. He's got a lot of help with the coaches at Oak Park who are through it. So he's not going to just fall for the lines that some of the kids do. He really understands how this works. So I knew he was going to take the time to make an informed decision and that uh, he was open to the idea of what Michigan State, Mel Tucker, and all them were selling. Uh, so I just said, you know, just hang with it, hang with it. They're not leading now, but they're in the fight. Uh, and that's what the staff also did. They they knew that they had a lot of ground to make up, not being in his original top 12 had he dropped one, had there not been a staff change to the point where now he's uh, projected to uh, commit to Michigan State on over November 9th and be kind of a big, huge building block, as he called it, to the class. Uh, and then as far as a player for him, I mean, you look at Oak Park, They their first win was last weekend in the first round of the playoffs, uh, kind of an upset vi- victory, I guess. But even uh, the first game he was back against Clarkston, that was even a close game. So you just kind of see the impact of and type of player he was because, well, when he was out for the first five games or whatever it was, four games, they were getting beat and beat badly. Uh, Michigan State's running back commit Davion Prim had no time to run the ball because he was getting no blocking. And now you see where they almost pulled off the upset against Clarkston in his first game back. And then uh, he paved the way for Davion Prim to have, I believe, three touchdowns or something and get a huge win in the first round of the playoffs. So he's just a, a huge impact player and a really good player that should have an opportunity to make a big impact for Michigan State as a true freshman. Yeah, I remember. So basically, growing back a few weeks, you had been saying how this is a recruitment that's not as tilted towards Michigan as many had thought. I remember even I was kind of thinking that Michigan might have been kind of kind of a lock back in, I want to say, like June. And you had stayed uh, consistent with your belief the entire time that Michigan State was surging. And then I know right around the time that we had that podcast with him and we had that lengthy conversation with him and how you were having conversations with him the whole time, that it really was what you were saying about this is not wrapped up whatsoever by any, by any stretch of the imagination. And we kind of put, put that out there about how, hey, this is, this is not done, a done deal. And I know some people were still not willing to believe that it really was as positive as it was sounding at the time because people in the industry were kind of not even willing to jump into that belief. But the more that time went on, the more he was willing to listen to Coach Mel and the staff. And then that win uh, obviously didn't hurt Michigan State. So that was going to be an interesting thing to look at the effects of and as it looks right now, it seems like it probably has paid off for Mel and the staff the way they've recruited him recently. So speaking of having some shifts in recruitments, is there anybody else that we might want to look out for that is at least worth monitoring, even if nothing is concrete, that might have had some sort of Michigan ties that now maybe might not in the future possibly? Yeah, <laughs> East Lansing wide receiver, Andrell Anthony. Uh, that's another guy. Um, Saturday definitely didn't hurt Michigan State's chances watching Michigan State's wide receivers cook the Michigan DBs all, all day with deep routes. And 
uh, let the guys kind of make their own, uh, be creative and be themselves in the routes. I think that's something that obviously would catch his eye, but this was a thing well before Saturday that there's maybe a little bit of a questioning his decision to go to Michigan prior. Uh, so I don't know. We'll see. He, he put out a, a cryptic tweet that got everyone excited. Uh, a lot of the Michigan State commits kind of jumped in and then some of the current players also did because uh, he's always been a guy that uh, gets along with a lot of the guys on the team already. So uh, I don't know. Uh, we'll see where it goes. I I would not be surprised to see Michigan State close on this, uh, but uh, Andrew will have some uh, questions to answer, and I would imagine he may make that these decisions after his playoff run, but I'm not 100% on that yet. Yeah, plus if, if he waits until then to decide, it would also give him the chance to see how Michigan plays in these next few games that they have on the schedule. That Indiana game is no joke. If uh, Wisconsin is cleared to play in a couple weeks, that game is no joke, especially since I believe uh, Graham Mertz might be eligible to play in that game, depending on when his test was administered on that Saturday when he took it. And after that, they go and play in Piscataway. Uh, I don't know if they lose that game, but this is a very different records team than before. And then I, right after that, I believe they play Penn State it is a very realistic chance that they are sitting with a losing record more than halfway through the year. So it's, it's going to be interesting to see how, how the Michigan uh, Wolverine season plays out while Andrell is still in the playoffs and is willing to consider all of his options. And I guess we'll see what happens there, but I think we're both of the opinion that it's I guess more than a 50% chance that he probably joins the MSU class. Is that fair to say? Yeah, that's what I'd say. Uh, did the recruiting podcast with uh, Jim Conferoni last night too. And as I said, uh, I, I would put it over 50-50 that he ends up becoming a Spartan. And uh, I think overall, uh, Michigan State was always the better fit for him. He was a kid that grew up a Michigan fan. His dad was a huge Michigan fan. So I understand that tie to it. But I think he also understands that he's got to make the best business decision for him. And uh, there's not a lot that you can like at Michigan right now. I mean, if you're a skill position player, they they just don't do a good job uh, getting you ready for the NFL. Yeah, I think the proof is in the pudding there. And, uh, well, it seems like lots lots of stuff has changed on the recruiting trail here. Uh, Michigan State is more than relevant, and they're more than a threat to Michigan here these days. And if the next few games don't go ideally for Jim Harbaugh and those guys in Ann Arbor, then that contract situation is only going to get louder and louder uh, in, the, in the public eye. So that's all we have for for you guys here today, I'm Justin Thind. This was Corey Robinson joining me. And if you're not subscribed to SpartanMag.com, go ahead and check it out. That's where we post most of our developments. And thanks for listening.